1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Inside Access with Chase and Locke on Fora and Ken Wyman. Wyman.
0: Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu.
2: 1057, 1057, The Fan.
3: It seems like it's a I'm Jimmy Cliff cover, I think, trouble. Bruce Springsteen.
2: Great song. Bobby it D. joins us like like every I week to uh, thanks to the Bobby D. charities and those who support them, the Bobby DePaul charities. I'm going to give him full credit. Bobby DePaul, obviously longtime NFL coach, assistant coach, uh, uh, scout, front office, negotiated contracts, and he joins us now courtesy to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. And I think I know where you're going, Bobby D., but explain the song.
3: Not only did the Ravens walk into a trap game down in Jacksonville against a highly underrated 3-7 and Jaguar squad, but they also got caught up in another trap facing a Andy Reid family tree opponent. The Ravens are now 0-2 this year facing the Andy Reid family tree, and both games were decided in the late fourth quarter. Maybe someday the Ravens will find the key to stopping the pass <laughs> nice. and keeping points off the board when the game is on the line. So let's talk some Ravens football.
1: Well, Bobby D., we've seen this movie before, Ravens' fourth quarter collapse. So what stands out about it this time?
3: Let's start with looking at the numbers. The Ravens' defense gave up 18 points in the final six minutes of the game. The Ravens' defense gave up 160 yards in the fourth quarter, worst in the NFL yesterday. The Ravens gave up two plays of 25 yards or more in the fourth quarter, Tied for the most given up in the NFL yesterday. Trevor Lawrence had a quarterback rating of 139.7 in the fourth quarter, and the Ravens' defense gave up almost six yards per play in the fourth quarter, ranking fifth worst in the National Football League yesterday. For the season, the Ravens ranked 32nd in the National Football League in yards per play, averaging 6.3 yards per play. The Ravens also ranked 32nd in the National Football League in total yards given up per play with 122 passing yards per game, allowing 100 yards. Not good. The Ravens have now played 11 games and held a two-possession lead in all 11 games. There's only been four teams in the history of the National Football League that have been in this situation, and three of the four teams, Went 11-0, and 0. Yeah. the 1942 Bears, the 2009 Saints, and the 2011 Packers. We've talked about the bend, but don't break philosophy of the Ravens' defensive scheme. But I can't tell you how many times I wrote in my notes soft coverage while watching this tape last night and this morning. The thing that stands out to me the most is the last series of the game when the Jaguars faced a third and 21 and completed a ball for 16 yards to receiver Christian Kirk. I bring this up because all year long, when I break down the opponent's defense, I remind the fans, you know, the Ravens fans, that the Ravens offense needs to stay out of third and seven-plus situations because that's when the you know when most defensive coordinators – bring their heat, and cause their most damage. The Ravens rushed four in that situation yesterday. To me, the Ravens struggled in situational football yesterday. The Ravens gave up a field goal with 14 seconds left in the first half, and the Ravens gave up a touchdown in a two-point play with 14 seconds left in the game. The Ravens transitioned from an all-out blitz defense last year to a soft defense this year in those situations. They just need to find better bounce.
2: Bobby D, how much of this is guys like Marcus Peters playing poorly, and how much of it is the Jags knowing the soft spot in Mike McDonald's scheme?
3: You know, I, I know we didn't have, you know, a Friday report. Yeah. You know, because Thanksgiving. But it was a dual threat quarterback, you know, that we played against. So, you know, when you look at the Kansas City game,
2: We just lost Bobby DePaul. Whoa, ah, uh, it sounded like he was, he was a little getting out of breath, and then the phone hung up. I hope he's okay. Uh, Stoney, get back to Bobby. Yeah, D. but he was uh, talking about the we were talking about the Jags' uh, Jags' offense going yeah, after the yeah, and, and
1: like I said, he and I talked on the phone quite a bit early in the week as he was driving down to Florida, and um, he was concerned that this was a trap game. He was concerned that Trevor Lawrence was about to have a real breakout game. Uh, and and he thought the Jags defense also was going to be pretty well equipped to bottle up some of what the Ravens want to do on the ground.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Stone's got him. You know, he's he's calling him now. There's no answer. Yeah, that, that was that was a little odd. But that teap-
0: that was one of my bold predictions on Wednesday <clears throat> when we did it. That. Lawrence would pass for over 275 yards. I just figured they had some weapons with, uh, you know, a Zay Jones, a Christian Kirk, even a Marvin Jones Jr. And And Etienne got hurt. They didn't bring him back. Early on, and with Marcus Peters' struggles, and I was concerned about Brandon Stevens being uh, kicked to the outside. I I don't know, man. The secondary is definitely very concerned.
2: Bobby DePaul is now back with us. Uh, joins us courtesy of the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. And, Bobby D., we were talking about who, who bears the brunt of this. Was it the players and, like, Marcus Peters, or is it the scheme?
3: Like I said, I know we didn't have a Friday opponent scouting report due to Thanksgiving holiday, but I did watch the Jaguars on tape yesterday, you know, last week. And, you know, just to get familiar so I could do this segment. You know, I'm not surprised how well Trevor Lawrence played yesterday. Because he was getting better every week in the games that I watched. You know, last week in Kansas City, I thought he played great, you know, in a losing effort on the road in Arrowhead. You know, the guy reminded me of Josh Allen, a big gunslinger, you know, who has that dual threat capability. He played in the College National Championships, you know, at Clemson, was the first pick in the 2021 draft for a reason. The guy is a franchise quarterback, and, you know, he has a, you know, he had a coming out party in the fourth quarter. I think it's just beginning for him. Not a team you want to face down the stretch. You know, matter of fact, I sent out a tweet last Friday saying the Jaguars were the best three and seven team I've seen on tape. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of Marcus Peters, you know, he struggled yesterday, he was targeted seventy times and gave up six catches for six you know, fifty five yards and two deep T D passes. You know, is it all Peters' fault? No. I don't think he has the same burst, you know, in driving the ball he had before the ACL entry. And it usually takes about two years to get players, you know, back to their full strength. Peters has never had, you know, great technique and coverage discipline. He was known as a guesser and a gambler at times. I do think Mm -hmm. the zone coverages have actually protected him this year, and it's forcing him to play play a different uh, style of game. And, And I think that will pay dividends, you know, for him down the road. You know, he is being forced to reroute, you know, to read the routes this year with his eyes instead of playing press man coverage where he used his, you know, used to use his hands to feel the routes develop. You know, that's a whole different deal for him. You know, yesterday the Ravens played soft two high safety zone coverages 52% of the time. So basically every other play was soft then, but don't break concepts. Peters did what he was asked to do. So don't beat him up too bad, folks. Mm. Bobby D, can we hold you for a second segment? Yeah, sure.
2: All right, more with Bobby DePaul as he breaks down this uh, Jaguars win over the Ravens 28-27 next here on The Fan.
3: Inside
2: Access. Different sports. Different teams. Different opinions. There's one place to talk about them, and it's on. 1057 The Fan. Don't go anywhere f***ing else. Continue our conversation as we do every Monday after a Ravens Sunday with our, our buddy Bobby DePaul. Of course, uh brought to you by Bobby DePaul charities and those who support him. Uh Bobby D, back to the game. Did the Ravens get enough out of their edge rushers?
3: Every week I keep track of the combined sacks and quarterback hits. And this week the Ravens combined for double digits again with 10. Four sacks and six quarterback hits. Kalias Campbell led the way with one sack and three quarterback hits. Broderick Washington had one sack and one quarterback hit. When you face a pocket, you know, pocket passing attack, the best way to pressure is up the middle. And for the most part the Ravens did have success in a good day rushing up the middle. You know, in terms of the edge rushers, it was disappointing. Nothing from Houston, Oway, or JPP the whole day. The best pressure from the edge was quarterback, you know, the cornerback blitzes Mm -hmm. by Marlon Humphrey, who accounted for one sack and one quarterback hit. You know, Mike McDonald did do a good job mixing in some blitzes on his first down to help pressure the play action passing attack. For the most part, Trevor was decisive making his throws, so that tells me he was seeing some big windows. I mean Trevor Lawrence ended the day completing twenty nine of thirty-seven passes for three hundred and twenty one yards. A seventy eight point four completion percentage and he threw three touchdown passes with a quarterback rating of 129.8. You know that's a huge day, yeah. especially when the Jaguars only rushed the ball for 37 yards and lost their top running back, Travis Etienne. It wasn't all bad for the Ravens defense yesterday. At one point after the half, when they, you know, when the Ravens forced the Jags to punt twice and caused a huge fumble, I was thinking the Ravens were playing some dominant defensive football. Yeah. The problem was the Ravens couldn't close the Jags out in the fourth quarter. It's not a 45-minute game. It's a 60-minute game, and we've heard that before.
1: Bobby D., other side of the ball. What the bleep is going on with the Ravens' red zone offense? It's been an issue seemingly since the New England game, and obviously too many short Tucker Field goals yesterday.
3: Ravens made – Five trips to the red zone yesterday and only converted two for, you know, touchdowns and three, you know, kicking field goals. Plenty of blame to go around from either offensive coordinator Greg Roman taking too much time with the call or players not getting in and out of the huddle with a sense of urgency mm-hmm. and awareness of the clock. That happened in the first red zone trip. Yeah. And in the second red zone trip, the Ravens decided to run the ball twice, then throw third down and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson Dropped the touchdown pass in the back of the end zone. In the third red zone trip, second and goal from the eight, uh, Coach uh, Greg Roman called an off tackle fullback lead play to running back Justin, who you know Justin Hill, who didn't follow Patrick Ricard to the end zone, guys, because he made a poor cut back into traffic. Earlier in the same series, Coach Roman called a tight end double seam route just outside the red zone at the twenty four, you know, twenty-four yard line, and both Andrews and Oliver were wide open. But Lamar threw the ball to Josh Oliver, who jumped too early and dropped an easy touchdown pass. In the fourth red zone trip, the Ravens scored on a rushing touchdown by Gus Edwards. The play before that, you know, there was a touchdown pass dropped by Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. On the fifth red zone trip, tight end Josh Oliver scored You know, a touchdown on a tight end sneak pass off play action out the back door with nobody around him. There's plenty of blame to go around, but keep the blame around, you know, away from the play design and the play column because the facts speak for themselves. Players have to be held accountable and have to execute the play for it to work, guys. I'm sorry. It's all right there on the tape.
2: Bobby, you warned us the Jags had the athletes up front to mimic what the Panthers did last week to shut down the running backs and pistol looks. Well, 19 carries for 57 yards. What would you see?
3: You know, currently, the Ravens ranked ninth in the NFL for the season running the ball out of pistol formation, averaging 4.2 uh, yards per attempt. Jacksonville did a very good job taking away the big runs that usually increase the overall average. The Jags gave up no 20-plus runs yesterday. The Jags also took a page out of Carolina's playbook and crashed the defensive yep. ends at time. The key to running the football is having a good passing game to complement the run so when the runs aren't working, you run the play-action passes. You run the play-action passes because the linebackers tend to get caught overreacting to the run, opening up the passing lanes behind them between the safeties. The Ravens do a a lot of their play-action passing attack from pistol formation. Yesterday, Lamar Jackson completed six balls and 11 attempts for 71 yards, averaging 6.45 yards per pass play over twice the average running plays. That ended the day only averaging, you know, three yards per play. On the season, Lamar Jackson's quarterback rating thrown out of pistol formation is 87.8, ranking him 11th in the NFL. The Ravens did find other ways to run the football yesterday like they did in the second half last week against Carolina. The non-pistol formation runs averaged 6.6 yards per rushing, accounting for 105 total yards on 16 rushing attempts. The Ravens rushed the ball 35 times yesterday for 162 yards, averaging 4.6 yards per rush attempt. Not a bad day at the office, guys. Bobby DePaul,
2: let the people know about Bobby DePaul Charities and those who support him.
3: ID Technologies, Dell, and Ruckus Networks are proud to support Bobby DePaul Charities, a means to provide help to kids who struggle from unexpected hardships. Together, this team is committed to giving back while helping deliver world-class wireless network solutions to federal agencies who need to be able to seamlessly connect over secure and reliable Wi-Fi networks. Visit www.idtech.com forward slash the fan to download our free wireless stress test report showing how the ruckus Wi-Fi cloud managed access points outperformed its competitors. Please visit the ID Tech website and look for the Walking with Anthony Foundation donation link, a foundation that helps kids to pay for rehab from devastating spinal cord injuries.
2: Bobby DePaul, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving with the fam, and uh, always great, and we will talk to you on Friday.
3: Okay, guys. Have a great
1: week. You too. Avoid the iguanas. <laughs>
2: the great Bobby DePaul. Oh. side access. Hey, when oh. we, should, should I tease it? What should I do there, Stone? Stone, talk tease to me on the air. It, I hit the yeah, button. Yeah, I was it. a little gun yeah. shot there. Hey, coming up next, we'll talk to our buddy Cordell Woodland to get his thoughts on yesterday's game here on The Fan. One zero five seven. The fan. Severe Severe. weather Weather. Alert. 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 Torrential rainfall expected.
3: Purple rain
2: inside access to the castle with jason lacanfora and ken wyman brought to you by life med institute when we get sick it sucks get the fuel you need at life med institute with vitamin booster shots call 410-575-1200
0: or go to lifemedinstitute.com and boost your defense
2: Ravens lose 28-27, to 27. and as we are every Monday, we're joined by our buddies, our Ravens beat reporter and Orioles beat reporter. He hosts Shaking It Up Sports. He hosts the uh, Winning Drive podcast, and because he's coming on with us today, I assume he's not a new father yet. We hit the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline where Cordell Woodland joins us now, and, and Cordell, thanks as always. Uh, I know a lot of stress going on in your life, but I'm sure the Ravens watching that game, it it couldn't have been stress-free. It seems like uh, another one of these fourth-quarter collapses felt a lot like the Giants game.
4: Yeah, an uh, awful lot like the Giants game. Um, I think this was a game where a lot of their bad habits that they've gotten away with these last couple of weeks finally caught up to them. Uh, their red zone woes showed up in a big way, missing on some of, the, some of those deep balls showed up turnovers, um, coaching, I I think, uh, play calling, all of the above, execution, whatever you want to go with, this was about as much of a team loss as any loss they've had this season. They they obviously suffered on the offensive side of the ball all game. Defensively, uh, late game woes yet again show up for them, giving up 18 points in the fourth quarter. That's not necessarily ideal, albeit the offense put them in some terrible situations throughout the game. Even special teams didn't have a great day. Devin Duvernay bringing the ball out of the end zone on a play where he really had no business. And as I found myself getting upset with him, I had to catch myself and just say, this dude probably doesn't know when the next time he's going to touch the football (laughs) is. So when he gets it, he's like, I got to make something happen. So I I just thought they lost on all phases yesterday.
1: Well, Deshaun Jackson did make something happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, you know, like how – what the volume is going to be like for him and, and and how they sort of ramp him up. They obviously have to be careful. But I don't know. That's, that was one of the more picturesque oh, very nice. throw and catch scenarios mm-hmm. we've seen out of this offense in a long time. And I think Bone said, what, air yardage, it's the longest completion of Lamar's career.
4: Yeah, I believe it. I mean, that might have been the best throw Lamar made all season. Yep, yep. easily. Easily. Uh, and as much as I love watching it, I think that's something that we're at best, at best, going to see once per game. I yep. I, I, I have a hard time thinking that Deshaun Jackson is going to be somebody all over. I mean, he I think he had 10 snaps yesterday, uh, two catches, 74 yards. The 62-yarder obviously was the big one. I just, I just don't feel confident that this is something that they, that we can see more than one time a game. Um, granted, the Deshaun Jackson is probably the only player on this team. Lamar can't overthrow. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the good thing you would, you would like to see it more often, but I just, I haven't seen these guys. take I mean, that was the first deep ball they've taken, I guess, since the new Orleans game, when he took the shot to, to uh, Deshaun Jackson, that didn't hit. But before that, was, I mean, It's been at least a month before the last deep ball before that, so I don't know. I I have a hard time thinking that that's going to be something that's implemented into this pass offense on a regular basis. It was good to see it yesterday, um, but I just don't know when the next time is we'll see it again.
0: Cordell, what what is up with the offense getting to the line of scrimmage with, like, two and a half seconds to go on the play clock? I I don't get it. It's been an issue week in and week out. And I know John Harbaugh was asked about it today, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it's so elementary, to be honest with you. I watched a lot of football yesterday. The Ravens are the only team that I saw have consistent issues with getting to the line of scrimmage without the clock being at five when they break the huddle. And that doesn't take time for Lamar to have to look at his wristband, for guys to line up on the wrong side of the field, and he has to wave and tell him to go to the other side. Uh, He doesn't even get a chance to survey the defense. It's so poor. And for a a team like the Ravens, you don't expect them to deal with problems this small on this frequent of a basis. And um, I, I think everybody's fed up. You watched Lamar in that press conference yesterday. That might have been the most upset I've seen him after a loss, maybe in his career, at least all the way back to last year to that Dolphins game. And uh, he was pretty upset on the sidelines in that game. But yesterday, he was just different. He just seemed upset. John Harbaugh seemed to really be a little more intense on the sideline yesterday. Even today, you hear him use words like, you know, it's a scheme issue, it's coaching, like, He's starting to shift a little bit of that responsibility just from the players on the field to some of the coaches on the sideline or up in the coaches booth. And I can't for the life of me understand why they continue to have this issue. They talked at the earlier part of the season about maybe they need to simplify some of the language and the play calls and stuff like that. Obviously, the calls aren't getting in fast enough. The the, The language is too long. And Lamar looks at his wristband a lot, mm. um, and th- these guys have been together for a while now. This going down this late in the play clock is usually something you see from young quarterbacks with new coaches and stuff. Not not people who've been together for what three or four years now. I'm I'm kind of surprised that this is still as big of an issue as it is.
2: Talking to Cordell Woodland, it's Inside Access here on the fan. Cordell, I want you to help uh, with a debate we've been having today. So, Jason, the the pass to Josh Oliver. Jason thinks it's a drop. I thought it was a bad throw. Bobby D thinks it's a drop. Jonas Schaefer thinks it's a bad throw. Where are you on that play?
4: I think it was more so a bad throw. Um, I think when you watch Lamar throw some of these passes, he, he's throwing a missile. His passes don't really come down at the end of the pass. They just keep going on that line. that the, It was on straight out of his hand. I watched Joe Burrow throw that exact same ball yesterday uh, to to his tight end, um, and, the, and the ball hit him right in the hands. Albeit, I'm not putting, I'm not saying that to say that Lamar can't throw the ball. I'm just saying it to say that some of these other quarterbacks have guys that can go up and make a little more of a special play on the ball like that. Uh, Josh Oliver obviously can, and he's a big guy. I mean, he's not an easy person to throw, to overthrow. Um, but I, I just thought that was a situation where Lamar tried to put it in between the zone, and albeit I understand it, but touch isn't necessarily a, a huge forte of his. He, he doesn't do well with having to put touch on the ball. I thought that was just a case of that right there on that play, to be honest.
1: Edge players. Oh, way. Plays 11 snaps fewer than JPP, who we kind of thought a few weeks ago might be the odd man out here. I don't know about a time frame for a jabo I mean, I guess it's sometime in early December. Do you have any expectations for Oway at this point? Or, I mean, is, do you just sort of write off whatever he does as a cherry on top? But this ain't going to be a breakthrough year.
4: Oh, definitely not going to be a break breakthrough year. I mean. <laughs> Where tonight is ends week twelve, right? I mean, the, the, the season's over. I mean, it, it is. You are who you are right now at this point of the year as a player. I think. I don't. I don't know if anybody's just going to all of a sudden the light switch is going to turn on for them and they're going to start looking like a pro bowler for the last month of the season. I, I think always just is who he is. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I, I think maybe we need to look at ourselves and start to understand that this is just who Adafi Owe is. They drafted him in his last year in Minnesota having no sacks. I mean, it, this, is, this is who the guy is. I mean, we thought that we could lean on him and his potential and maybe the Ravens could get something more out of him than what he showed in his last year uh, in college as a pass rusher. But obviously that's not the case. Um, he's out there, Sure. Granted, they didn't have a lot of uh, success in the run game. Albeit, they looked pretty comfortable being a one-dimensional offense yesterday. Speaking yeah. about the Jaguars, uh, the ravens they, they quietly, I think, I, I think they got four sacks yesterday. But the pass rush wasn't as ramped up as as we've seen it, at least to my eye when I watched the game yesterday. It didn't look like the same ferocious pass rush we've been watching this season. Um, and on a day where Justin Houston isn't able to necessarily get home as much as he has, you still get nothing from Adafi Owe. And I think it's time that people, we may need to start having some uncomfortable conversations about quite a few people on this team, both players and coaches. But specifically on Adafi Owe, we keep, we keep hearing people say, well, who are the Ravens going to send down if they call up uh, David Ajabo? I'm not saying that I'm, I think they should send down Adafi Owe, but I w it would, would it shock me? I mean, what what would they be losing that Adopt Owe is, isn't on the field? Honestly. What what would they really be losing? It would really be nothing more than a hit to their pride that they use a first round pick on a guy that hasn't reached its potential. So, uh, they've got I mean, they've got some issues to look through with Adafe Owe because right now it just doesn't look like he's going to turn out to be that guy that they drafted him to be.
1: We don't have a lot of time here, but anybody else that you want to – it sounds like you want to get a few th- other things man. off your – like, don't hold back. If there were <laughs> – there's some people you want to call out, yeah. we, we can well, stretch this segment another minute or two, Cordell. <laughs> well, guys, remember Mike Davis
0: for Cordell at the
1: beginning. Yeah, yeah man, but he's not even
0: – I mean, it sounds like yeah, Cordell's got bigger roster. fish to fry than that. I don't know, man.
4: I, I watched that game yesterday, and I can't help but feel like that the Ravens have – possibly reach their peak with Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying that I'm done with Lamar. I more so say I don't know if Lamar can do any more than what he's done with the people he has around him. Mm. And that's the players, that's the coaches. Um, mm-hmm. I watched Greg Roman over and over – I really think he's done. I I, I keep saying, Lamar looked so upset yesterday. I mean, he's dropping F-bombs at the podium. He's talking to himself under under his breath like the mic isn't still on, picking all of it up. And he just seems so frustrated. And for a guy that's usually – Lamar's never ecstatic after a loss. Um, But yesterday was just so different. And I feel like they are reaching their boiling point. And, you know, I feel there for Bob today, for Vinny and Haney. And we had people call in. Talking about this is well, this is why the Ravens can't pay Lamar Jackson all this money. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe that's that's that, that, maybe that's true. But also, I think we need to start really looking at this thing and looking at it from Lamar's perspective. And yep. if I'm Lamar, after yesterday and not just yesterday, the season in general, what, does it does it benefit me to to stay in Baltimore? I mean, if they if they end up paying me the money that I want, I'm going to handcuff their salary cap. They haven't shown that they're going to put any weapons around me, even with me on a rookie deal. Why in God's name would I think that if I'm eating up their entire salary cap, that they're going to be able to go out there and all of a sudden things change? And some people may say, well, if you get rid of Greg Roman, that fixes things." Maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like they're going, to, they're going to have to answer a lot of questions that they're not used to having to answer. Um, by the time, maybe not any time soon, but maybe by the time we get to next season because this team just looks like they've run out of gas to me. Cordell, you're way too Preach. fired
0: up in a negative way. You yeah. got a baby coming on. I know, and, on maybe that,
4: and, course, and the
2: Commanders so maybe are that, winning.
4: Maybe, maybe that's adding adding to my stress. Okay. Okay. oh. Maybe. Oh.
2: <laughs> you love the statue? What'd you think? Oh geez.
4: Oh, my God! You're trying. You're trying to <laughs> take my blood pressure through the roof. That is not a statue, uh, Ken. That no. is that is a mannequin that you're yeah. in front of stores Macy's. inside of a mall. Yeah. Um. That was entirely. That was very cheap. Very disrespectful. This is now the second time in two years that this team has tried to use Sean Taylor's name for a PR stunt, and they have failed miserably both times. And I'm more so upset at the fact that they paraded his daughter out there um, to talk about that. And while yesterday meant a lot to her, I'm sure it did, because she also had a lot to do with the mannequin itself. They are so cheap and, and, and so disrespectful. They couldn't even put the tape. Use 10 minutes to put tape? on his face, man? Yeah. I mean, how would you know that that's a Sean Taylor uh, mannequin unless it didn't have number 21 jersey up there? It's so ridiculous. Thank God that they're winning on the field because they are definitely losing off the field.
2: Cordell, go get some sleep. You're going to need it, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh,
4: appreciate
2: <laughs> you. Yeah, no, appreciate you. Hey, we'll come back. We'll get the I'm text today and get you ready for Baltimore game day on Center the Daily Show at Woo. 6. Inside Access. To breaking news, Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 a fan. By the way, I had mentioned about the Ravens kicking the tires on Brian Edwards, who was released by Atlanta. The Chiefs signed him and Melvin Gordon to their practice squad today. Rich get richer. Yeah, so. uh, I guess. Well, well, yeah, relatively speaking. won't be kicking the tires on that fella. Uh, We do have a poll. Uh, that's been a couple polls that have been up could there, the chiefs Kiva. practice squad offense
1: outproduce
0: the ravens real offense was that was that the poll yes mm, could be for tomorrow ortho maryland here when you need them they of course brought the sponsor the polls offer yeah, they urgent love walking yes. care Big same day does. appointments don't wait in In an ER or urgent care, go straight to the experts at Ortho, Maryland. Yet another Ravens fourth quarter collapse. Seems there's plenty of blame to go around. Fumbles, drops, red zone misfires. 160 yards, 18 points in the fourth, including multiple fourth down conversions. Who do you put this blame on? Equally at fault, 50.6% defense, 30.6% offense, 18.7%. I said equally. I went defense. I went defense as well. The heated discussion. The mm. Josh Oliver play it was up the scene. Stoney post that. That was great. Drop or bad throw. Very close here. Clearly overthrown 51.6%. Clearly a drop, 484 It's close. Got both hands on the ball.
1: He was not under duress. NFL players. Catch that ball. It's a drop. It's a drop to PFF. Uh, it's a drop to True Media. It's a bad throw to it's me. It's a drop to ultimate football guy, Bobby DePaul. It's it, a drop for me.
2: It's a it's a it's an overthrow to me. It's they drop three to touchdown passes. It's an overthrow to Jonas Schaefer. It's an overthrow to Cordell Woodland. Maybe we'll have to have a tug of war. <laughs> I think I'd win that. Well, not much. I'd win, but I think I'd win that. Uh, and my depends camp, which guy I pick for my, my camp. Skyler, my, my camp Skylum are tugs days. They they come into play. There, you got the science yeah, behind yeah, it. Yeah. Big yeah, tugger. Yeah, I was a big tugger. Yes, I was. Still am. Uh, Stone, get sex today, please.
0: Check one two. Check. Check oh, big tug guy. Big pull guy. guy. Big bull guy. Text of the day, sponsored by Wawa. This holiday holiday season, head to Wawa. Pick up a Wawa Wawa gift card or a gift card to brands like Apple, Amazon, Uber, and more. It's great for anyone on your list. It's
2: available on a rack at the register. I would suggest you get a hoagie while you're at it and a soft pretzel. I don't know about all that. That soft pretzel there is amazing. I like gotcha.
1: the shorty roll. Not that
2: it's my endorsement no, or anything, but on. shorty rolls are where it's at. Go big or go home. Nah, I like the shorty; ones. it's perfect. No. The shorty's like their, their Thanksgiving on a roll is awesome. Also, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Stone yeah, the- with tomorrow's
0: USA's winner go home a game against Iran. Today's text says we
4: need a live
2: stream of Jason just watching the game <laughs> oh, to see his reaction. I, I'm calling this the Ayatollah Revenge Game. The, the, the US comes out tomorrow; they win this game. The first two hours of tomorrow's show, I'm I'm going to be quite distracted.
1: That's just a fact.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll, well,
1: Chuck, maybe Chuck Bucks can sit in for me, and I'll we'll, just watch the we'll game. Keep yeah, you informed. Hard. We'll keep you informed. Because it's me, it's Gigi, it's Stony, Balon. Baloney, and Chuck Bucks. And Margie at might the be there. Casino. Not I'm well. not allowed to talk about because they're not mine. Oh, you can talk about it. You just can't mention I'm the I'm not thing supposed thing. to.
2: We'll be at Maryland Live tomorrow. It's not my casino, and, but I'll be there. And the FanDuel Sportsbook broadcasting live as the U.S. takes on Iran. The, the Baltimore MGM. Game Day. Uncensored Daily Show. Extra blown. Coming up next. Bet Fred. (laughs) They they take you up to Monday Night Football at at 730 here on the pit.
3: 730.
2: Inside. 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 Access. With Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.